Hi. Hello, Imade. I am so excited to be recording this episode of Pseudo Millennial with you. Before we jump in, can you please introduce yourself to the people? Okay. Hey, everyone. My name is Imade. I am a sophomore student at NYU. I'm studying media, culture, and communications. I run a small business called Royal Wing Collection. I sell eyelashes and lip gloss, but hopefully I'm going to be the next Fenty. Period. And I'm originally <laughs> from Columbus, Ohio. So ah, I love that for you. you. I love that for you. You also are an influencer at exclusively i really i personally don't like taking on that term influencer okay there's just a lot of things around it and like for me social media like instagram has been like a journey so i just like to say i'm a content creator i feel like influencers like not as people say it's like oh you get free clothes and like you're popping all of this but like i just want to focus on like the content portion of instagram and like making like making videos putting things out there like really working on like my creative side so, like I just like to be called a content creator absolutely so I th- I think that's the perfect way to enter this conversation because I did want to talk to you about that this idea of influencer versus content creator so I'm an MCC or media culture and communications as well so you know this is yes. our this is our academic bag right but in so, layman's terms I would love to hear about your Instagram journey and how you have seen this transition from influencer to content creator, because there is a difference. And I think there is an, I almost want to say an air that people kind of carry themselves with. And then there are people who go by both who are, you know, it's interchangeable influencer and a content creator. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey because it's fascinating. Also, even with you coming to NYU and New York city, but then also how that has influenced your difference in how you name yourself. Okay. Well, just starting out, when I was younger, I've always been into fashion, right? And, like, I wanted to be a fashion designer because that's kind of all I knew about the fashion industry at the time. At the time, how old were you? Oh, at the time, y'all. I was, like, seven. Okay. Okay. We love a woman with a vision. (laughs) A vision. So I was in kindergarten, like, all the way until seventh grade. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a designer. But then... In eighth grade, I was like, oh, I kind of like business. I kind of like other things, too. But it wasn't until, like, senior, well, really high school, I'm going to say junior and senior year, where I was like, okay, like, I could be a content creator. Like, I could work on social media. And I think that also is that, like, change or, like, me getting to that point in life also comes from like how everything has changed in life too because 10 years ago there were content creators and if they were they probably like for like the marketing and ads and stuff you and know they were bloggers like too bloggers and yeah. they still and were like seen as whole, weird exactly so this whole thing of being like an influencer is really a new age term like a new coin that's coming of age as, as we could progress through time so i i'm gonna say it's high school because like that's when I was really getting into it I had a YouTube channel I had Instagram and I really had no direction whatsoever I was just posting anything I saw fit anything I liked and I would say I was really being myself Mm -hmm. I think that was like I think my favorite part of starting out because I didn't really know what to do it was just me doing my own thing and then as I got older, you know, I'm following more of these like big influencers and I'm like, I want to be like them. And in particular, I was following more of like the like bad bitch, like black girls, you know, so like, yeah, they like, have the big like, face and the long exactly. wigs and the snap, exactly. Ooh, the waist, what waist? No, I want to be like that. Okay. I wanted to have like popping captions. I wanted to like dress a certain way, but then I realized over time, like, that's just not who I am. And, you know, like, that's who they are. And it's, like, no problem, right? But that's just not, like, me being true to me. And so, really, I would say this year, like, the 2020, 
I sat myself down and I was like, what do I really want to do? Like, what's my, my vision here? The word influencer, like I said at the beginning, some people are both an influencer and a content creator, but I feel like Kylie Jenner is an influencer, you know, but like she doesn't really create content. Like she's, she's not making like styling videos or like mm. makeup tutorials, you know? Mm. She's has like a large following. I forget the word in that we use for MCC when they have, I don't know, power over their people. I don't I know what you're talking about. This is where that academia leaves my brain, but it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a but currency has, almost. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly like a currency. So like she can like influence people to like buy her product, do this, do watch this, you know? And like, I was like, I don't really like want to do that. I don't want to be like, it's like, I don't want to be famous. And I feel like that's kind of like what influencers are kind of, they're like mini celebrities, mm. right? And I just don't want that lifestyle because a lot of influencers have talked about, you know, like the behind the scenes of being an influencer because everybody talks about like, oh, I get free clothes. I'm working with brands. I'm doing this and that. But like no one thinks about like the hate comments, yeah. the people, like, the random people in your DMs who want to find your address, the stalkers. Like I don't want to do that. Okay. Also the like, pressure the, because the, the higher the up you go, I've, I've watched by accident, but I've come, stumbled across kind of, you know, those story times on YouTube, why I okay. left Instagram or why I no exactly. longer, or why I took a break and all these things and almost 99% of the time it's the pressure and you mm -hmm. and when you are you know in order to be an influencer you have to like what people like or you have mm -hmm. to tell people what they like and what if exactly. what you say just isn't it that day like what if mm -hmm. what you like what if the look you think you're gonna do people are gonna receive well and they don't um and I think a lot of people don't even think about like you're saying the adverse effects of like in order to be an influencer you yourself have to be influenced by your audience Mm -hmm. And I feel like content creators also have that same thing. I'm just really doing my own thing. And like, I put, like, I, what I post is just like what I feel like posting. Like, how I was in, like, in the beginning stages of high school. It's just like me doing my own thing and like figure out the algorithms. But I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to do things like organically and just hopefully like things grow from there. I'm not really putting too much pressure on it. I, I, I see it as a good way to practice. Um, doing all this stuff so that way like when I do graduate and start looking for jobs in like the marketing sectors or in like business sectors like I have this like background behind me absolutely again a woman with a vision um, <laughs> but with all that being said I do want to go back to the person you named specifically Kylie Jenner not to discuss her because that family is a lot but I do want to discuss kind of like the prevalence of certain types of influencers if that makes mm -hmm. sense like there's I was listening to um I was oh, I was either listening or watching something recently but it was talking a lot about Instagram face and just this idea right. of like homogenous you know racially ambiguous but like kind of light-skinned looking women mm -hmm. who are able to really very quickly more often than not grow inside this social media I don't even want to just say influencer but like social media space whether it's Instagram Twitter TikTok or TikTok uh, Clubhouse you know the okay. people that are getting to the explore pages and the people that are getting to these kinds of things or to to the heights of these platforms I think it's really interesting and so we've talked about very briefly you know the adverse and not even adverse but the the underbelly of that but how do you see this kind of promotion of a certain type of influencer or, or not a certain type of influencer but a certain type of person in like the social image. media space yeah like I really do think like there's an image that society or like, like pop culture likes to push out and like I do believe it is people who are racially ambiguous or like lighter skin or even, and even like 
literally skinny waist and like big heads or, or just like, like skinny people in general like am i because like you know on instagram the first screen you see is like people you follow and then there's like the like the home page or the for you page and that's typically like curated by things you like in the past or things you whatever right and i'm a person like i like having all types of body images like like people i follow plus size models i follow plus size people big size like people who have all types of body shapes on my regular like following but then when i go to like the home screen it's literally all skinny girls and it's just a problem because they're cute you know they're doing their thing but it's just it's just what everyone else sees too like all the time I'm like a size 12. I I, I I got meat on my body. So like, I really enjoy seeing people my size, like, cause or even bigger than me. Cause it shows me like size really has no style. Like they, they can do whatever what size, what, what um, size you are. But once again, I'm just only seeing skinny girls or just like, you know, the skinny waist, big hips. And also I watched something on TikTok, it, like it, no, on Instagram. It was like about the music industry and about how like skin tones, like like whether you're light skin, dark skin. I think you had posted this on your story at one time. Are we time. gonna talk it about was... yellow bow? No, no, it it wasn't it was it Danny Lee, Leia. Yeah, Danny Lee. Lee. No, not no not her. Not her. Yeah. Not her. Okay. It was something else. But it was basically kinda of along those lines. So there was like a room, right? And then there was these like producers or whatever, like these like black men, right? And the first girl who sang, she was light skinned. I I she heard was okay. it with Rick Ross? Yes, and they use the same beat, and he tried. Yes, continue, yes. continue. Like, I know what you're talking I, about. I, I mean, like, I, I think that the first girl sounded good, right? But then um, she like called on this other girl who was dark skinned, and she had her sing it's, like, the same track and everything. And the dark skinned girl, like, she literally has vocals. Like, she took it home. Okay, like Ate she her right up. Her art. But the thing is that, like, she so the first girl sang like I think the entire song, or at least like a majority of it, and like the guys were laughing at her but like they still let her continue right and then baby girl the dancing girl comes up and sings literally probably only 10 seconds of the song and then i think rick ross was like you know this isn't the song for you like you're like this isn't the beat for you you're not doing it and i was like she literally blew the other girl out of the water i don't understand where this is coming from and also i just feel like i don't know if this like is really a thing but this is like what i believe i feel like sometimes like for us dark skin girls like we have to be so pretty or just like mm. literally like Perfect. Yeah, perfect before anyone notices us. Because I've seen like regular looking light skin girls or just mixed girls or whatever. And like girls are like, you know, they're just like, okay, like, hey, but like the hype that they get on these social media platforms. But like a black girl, like a dark skinned black girl has to be like literally untouchable, like like, just handcrafted and so beautiful before she can even get somewhere. And I've seen a lot of like dark skin creators talk about this problem all the time. Like how like no one gives them the attention or takes them seriously and how they're missing out on, on a lot of opportunities. Yeah, definitely. The first one that comes to mind when you say that is I'm sure you know, but Jackie Ina and the way oh, that she champions, champions mm-hmm. for dark skinned black women. And I started watching Jackie Ina back when I was in high school. So, it oh, so been, you're OG. I'm, yeah, it would have been like when she was just starting. I think she might have started in 09. I started watching her. Okay, so four mm-hmm. or five years in. So she wasn't popping, popping yet, but she wasn't like. Mm-hmm small either and even since then she's just always talked about how she as a dark-skinned black woman and particularly a nigerian woman a nigerian american woman people either are talking about her hair or her skin or how makeup brands don't carry our skin colors and all this type stuff and it's really interesting and early you even mentioned fenty and this is just my own personal anecdote but i remember when the fenty foundation dropped i didn't they didn't have my shade 
Like, there was no Fenty shade for me to use in the original drop. Yes, not even because I'm super dark skinned or anything like that, but just undertones and all this kind of, Mm. like, I had to wait for the second release in order to get a shade that really worked. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was even interesting because as we've seen in the beauty industry and social media space, all these different kind of aesthetic-based and aesthetic-driven places, we're seeing more inclusion but what does that inclusion mean, you know? From a Fenty to a Milk who gave us 12 shades and say that's inclusivity, but that's because that's you it. expect two dark-skinned girls to look the exact same. You either red or blue. Like, you have no other option. So it's just so fascinating the way everyone is really moving towards this inclusivity and we're starting to include everyone, but you're still picking and choosing. And that's, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to speak on that real quick. Of course. I feel like a a lot of companies, whether it's like in the fashion industry or outside the fashion industry, are trying to head this way, but they don't have the the right people to lead them. And like, if you're going to start trying to be inclusive of like darkest skin tone or like black people in general, then you need black people on those executive boards. Like you have white men running things. Like what did they know? Like you know what I'm saying? And I just think like that's one of the issues. And like I forget the name of this account, but during the summer of 2020, with like George Floyd going on and everything, um, and more companies were like um, when everyone started posting their one black employee. (laughs) Yes, exactly. This this is one account. They. I remember, I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting all these things, but basically Rihanna had made like a little statement, like either like you show up or like shut up. And this like um, one Instagram account like was created and and the black woman running it, she basically goes to all these like different companies and she asks them like how many, like what percent of your employees are black or Hispanic? And then what what percent of those employees are actually sitting on executive boards? Mm. And a lot of companies, like, I want to see it for Fashion Nova. I'm not going to lie. Like, Fashion Nova did not come up with anything. And I was like, hmm. Because all your models are either Black or, like, biz or Asian. Like, we're, like, racially ambiguous. But, like, how, like, what percentage of your executive board, like, people are running things are actually back, are Black? And I feel like, like, I like Fashion Nova, but I feel like those will, like, profit off of Black culture at the same Absolutely. time without giving credit. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting because they, they had... If I'm not mistaken, they do have a line with Megan, um, yes, but that just goes yeah. to speak to the power of Megan. But even if you think about, I don't know if you remember, uh, was it two or three years ago when it was like the Kardashians have Fashion Nova on their payroll and mm-hmm. how they would wear something, Kim or whomever would wear something. And I don't want to keep talking about this family, but I do think it's important in the context of us talking about current social media because they, whether we like it or not, have just played a huge role. In- yeah, I think especially Kim. I think Kim was the. I think I, I, I give Kim her flowers in a sense. Like I feel like she is the one that really started self social media influencer shit. Kind of yeah, influencer stuff. Yeah, I agree. But it it was a whole thing about how Fashion Nova would somehow two or three days later have their outfits and. It would be like, oh, well, they're copying us, et cetera, et cetera. And then I remember, this is when I was real deep on Twitter, people would say, well, I can get this from Rainbow. And just the Mm -hmm. way that it becomes removed from its original source. And if you think about the, and I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, but if you think about the connotation of a Rainbow versus a Fashion Nova, everybody might kiki and be like, haha, she got her Fashion Nova fit. But if you're wearing Rainbow, it's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you broke or you don't have it, you know? I know, I know, I hear that. But like, this is what I tell people, because a lot of people are like, um, I, I just feel like a lot of these companies get their items from Loki, the same warehouse if not like the same place but just like 
tag it differently. I don't know, because like, I've seen a lot of things, like, whether it's a Fashion Nova, Pretty Little Thing, or Rainbows, or just, like, the 21, that could be, like, it's the same item, low-key. I think my dad used to work in a, um, I don't remember the, the type of company, but he was like, yeah, we will make the same thing, and those go over there and get that tag. And that will go over there and get that tag. So it's really, really interesting. And it's definitely a conversation, I think, worth having in a lot of different ways. Because I'm even um, taking a fashion and power class now. And we're talking about sustainability. Uh, I'm so jealous. Oh, it's so I'm sorry. good. I was supposed to take that class in Paris this semester. <gasps> <sighs> oh, Corona. Girl, I'm so, sorry. Miss Corona needs to pack up and go because a girl is tired. I mean, we can talk about that as well because Corona and social media and the pressure. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's one of my favorite posts I've seen on Instagram where it says in 2021, you have to start your own business, be an activist, art curator, uh, viral on TikTok, and, and all these other things. And just this idea of like, us being in the house and being on our phones has somehow made us more put more pressure on us and has made us feel like we have to produce more and have to be it's no excuses that's everyone's favorite exactly and there's so many i was talking to a friend about this last night just the pressures of social media because i realized that there was a problem the pressures were getting too much when like people would send me pictures and be like how do you feel about this? Like, is this okay to post? Or like, what um, like what order do you think I should put these pictures in before I post them? And I'm just like, this is literally your account. You should do whatever. And also for me, like, I was thinking about pressure too in captions. Like, I know it's like, it sounds weird, but I was like, mm, like, what caption? Because like, I'm trying to be like as, as authentic as I can be on social media. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be authentic and like open. And I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to open, like, my life to social media because people are, are, are scary, okay? People are people crazy. Are people are and crazy. I, just, I don't, like, I don't even have, like, my school in my bio thing. I just put, like, NYC, period. That's about it, you know? Like, like the only thing you need to know is, like, I'm from the Midwest, came to Ohio, I mean, came to New York, and I like fashion, like, point thing, period. Like, you need to know, you know all Absolutely. That. You don't need to. I just put my name on social media. Like, just yeah. put my actual name on my... See, see, you know, <laughs> just put Jerusalem up there because I'm not gonna play with y'all. No, but yeah, I'm talking. The pressure of social media is just crazy because people will feel like things are not cute enough to post. They're not like bad bitch type vibes. They're not like bomb. The way like, I try to reason is if a company, if a brand is not paying me to post, then I need to do whatever. Because if I can't do it, like if I'm having trouble posting for free. Imagine having, like, imagine posting for a company. Then what am I going to do at that point? That, and that's a word. Because I went to the clubhouse, and they were talking about, I don't know if it was, like, creating content or something like that, but the moderators, they're like, it's so much easier, or it should be easier, you know, to create something on, like, a free budget by yourself. Now, like, if you can't do that, if you can't do it on a free budget or by yourself, then, like, what are you going to do when companies ask you to do something? Because, like, now you don't feel, like, so much, like, a lot of pressure. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing about social media. I'm saying Instagram because like that's like really like like platform. Like I remember back in the day, like my old account, I used to post like One Direction posters, fashion drawings, just really random stuff. And now it's, I feel like it's like everyone's like model like ID book or something. Like it just has to be like 
the best photos of yourself. And like, I understand, like, you know, since like I want to work with brands, I have to like make my feed so it looks presentable and nice at the same time. So like, I guess in, in order to like, combat the perfectionism, I like post some poetry sometimes um, on, on my page just to give like a sense of realness, you know, like, yeah, I like fashion, I like doing all this stuff, but like, here's like the other side of me. I like poetry, I like words, just like random stuff, you know, so that way it's just not like I'm a perfect person all the time. Yeah, definitely. The the desire to be perfect or the, the desire for it to be your highlight reel is in mm-hmm. it, it, it. It's quite frankly insane and just out of this world. And like I even think about Clubhouse, which I downloaded and I was on there for, I think I've told you this, 48 hours before I couldn't do it anymore. And I, I thought in the new year I'd be able to come back. But I just look at the app every time on my phone and keep going because just even in that space, you know, and it's not every room. And of course, I don't want to generalize Instagram or any of these platforms, but Clubhouse in particular, I think the first call I got on, this uh, person got up to speak and was like, yeah, I'm 19 and a six figure. I just started a business, a six figure business last year. I'm a full time business owner. I'm not going to go to college and I'm trying to expand. What do I do? And oh. Girl, sorry, go ahead, but I have some words about being a business owner and being, like, young. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Oh, it's just, like, my first thing, y'all. How did you start your... Let's start there. How did you get the idea to start your lashes and lip gloss royal winks? Royal wink. Wink, yes. Um, So, like I said before, I've always liked fashion. Um, I didn't know that business was was one of my passions. Even though in middle school, I used to sell, like, literally handmade hair bows, like, hair bows and hair ties. Like, I would, like, make all that kind of stuff. I used to make, like, denim, like, headbands. Like, I was very creative. Yes. Okay, but, like, I was lucky doing, like, slave work because I used to, like, buy the... (laughs) (laughs) No, because I used to, um buy like their fabric and stuff for like 275 at like michael's joanne's and then i would sell each thing for like 75 cents or like 50 uh, cents you were like, hustling anyway. backwards that's all <laughs> you was hustling backwards that's all like i was literally losing profit i could have sworn then, you were gonna say you were selling them for five dollars that would have been cute no <laughs> <laughs> i think the most i ever sold one was maybe five or either 250 that's how you bless your heart that's how you know you were doing it just because you loved it <laughs> and then the the problem with that is like i had a friend like we had worked on it together but the thing is i was the one going out and buying fabric and making the bows and she was my partner and she was getting half the profit the of the profit (laughs) that you weren't already making yes okay (laughs) i love this for you yeah it was a mess that right there i could quickly learn like i don't really need friends in business i can do one myself in all honesty that's that's a word for a different day because when you start to mix it and you realize yeah, like, that your friend is someone different when they are operating business mm-hmm. than they are when, when you're like kicking about stuff exactly and it's hard to reconcile but continue Right. Um, so I had made a real wing collection. It was like two summers ago. I was in my mom's office and I had like a lot of downtime. So I was just thinking of a business plan because like before I wanted to start a fashion line. But with that, it's like tricky because I, at first I didn't know about wholesale, like buying wholesale clothes and like retagging it and doing all that kind of stuff. And then I was thinking, okay, like I'm going to make all these clothes, but I didn't know how to sew. So I was like, okay, that's not realistic. 
and around that time, I, I, I was getting into lashes. Or like, I mean, I had wore lashes like for prom and stuff. And, like I really liked them, so I was like, okay, this is something I like. And I noticed that when you're at like the beauty supply store, or even if you, if you get your lashes from Sephora or like Mac, one of the things at the beauty supply store is like there's there's so many options to choose from. There's literally like a hundred lashes. And I used to be so confused. And then two, when I look at like Sephora and stuff or like Mac, their lashes were like twenty dollars so yeah or i even today i went to the beauty supply and they had all their i also worked at a beauty supply and we Mm -hmm. had our lashes locked up (laughs) yes like we would have not we i Mm -hmm. would have to go personally unlock a set of lashes for somebody it was ridiculous but yeah it's either that or you get 25 dollar lashes yeah, so I was like, okay, I want to create something that's like in between. And also, a lot of my friends at the time, they were the long 25 milliliters, okay? And mm. that's not me. Um, I personally think I look ridiculous in them. Like, if people say I look good, but like, I don't feel comfortable. So I was like, okay, I kind of want to create a brand that has like natural style lashes for like girls like me who don't want the 20, like the really big ones, but want something that like gives enough like divaness, like enough like enough boom, volume, like, enough glam. Exactly, volume. That's right, volume. So that's how I created Royal Wing Collection. I I started saving up my paychecks um, every single like, every other two weeks and like putting it into my business. I would say. Oh, where I, like, were you working at the time? Oh, it was my mom's healthcare. So oh, I was like a um, office assistant. Um, I kind of did a little bit of like home health aid work, like seeing patients. Um, it's I'm your mama, not- so she had you doing everything, huh? She did, yeah. Like, I'm not cut out for the medical field. And, like, me being African and not being into medicine or, like, law is such a, a huge... Like, I'm, I'm literally on the opposite track. I guess I'm in business now, but I want to do, like, fashion business, not really, like, working for, like, I don't know, Apple or something. Whatever. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And it was, it was really nice in the beginning. Um, it was steady. And I would say the biggest thing for me was this past summer when I was... When I entered the Aussie business plan competition um, hosted by her campus as well. And as a like, well, as I was going through the rounds, because there were like two rounds to make it to like the semifinalist and then like another round to, to, to become a finalist. Um, when I was a semifinalist, like we had like a mentor, like everyone was with the mentor. And I really enjoyed my mentor. She helped me figure out my why. And really hone that down. Because before, I kind of knew what I was doing it for, but like, I didn't really understand like, why I didn't have a clear statement and um she helped me get to that and just being like more personal with my brand because y'all there are different ways to market and I was really a terrible marketer I'm doing I'm trying to do better but before I always be like buy my lashes they're five dollars buy 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 and you cannot do do it (laughs) just pay I was like, yeah, y'all cannot like you cannot do that if you want to have like organic customers coming back to you like you really need a story and that's why like your mission is so important like, that mission statement is so important because it creates your story of why you're doing this and people are going to be like oh okay like for example one of my friends she has basically her own beauty brand and um we have worked together at Hollister and we were talking you know we had called one day because you know like we're like boss babes like talking about like business what to do and I kind of asked her like for the first time ever I was like so like why did you start your brand and she was like oh because I wanted to give dark skinned black girls 
more color. Like, I wanted them just to have the option to, like, play with color because when I was, like, getting makeup, like, I was afraid of using color and stuff because, like, there weren't things for me. So I wanted to create a brand like that. And after I heard her why, like, I just literally looked at her brand so differently. Like, I, I always liked it. But I remember the next day I bought something from it because I was just like, that's so beautiful. And like, she's really doing, I, I don't know, because I didn't know what the vibe was before. I just thought she was selling makeup just, just to sell. But, like, now that I know the reason, I'm like, okay, I, I better support her, you know, and, like, get like, her, her out there but um back to royal wing collection <laughs> so yes it was originally to help girls who wanted like natural fat lashes and right now i'm, I'm expanding that part to really help people as they get into makeup because i remember okay, when i was into makeup i was into makeup during the era of michelle Phan, and i, I feel like yes. the asians were, were running the makeup industry back in the early times of youtube it, yes. the, the, the Michelle Fon, I even think anything skincare, makeup related, I'm not checking for y'all. I'm not checking for y'all because it comes east to west, period. I yes. adore, I remember Michelle Fon. I remember even like when before people got on the skincare wave, that 10 step Korean skincare. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a movement before it ever was, but yeah, no, I love you are absolutely correct. They were bodying because it was yeah, art. It was a whole yes. a process that you took part in, not just something you beat your face and then that's just the look. No, I don't like if you see like like old makeup videos, they really had concepts to them. Like I remember like Michelle Fong, like she would create stories, yes. like storylines to her videos. They were so yes. beautiful and turn into characters and all types exactly. of stuff. It was a I lot more. It, I feel like it was a bigger deal almost. I I think. Tell me how you perceived it. When I think back on that time, a lot of the makeup girls usually were coming from like a cosplay. Like, mm. sometimes even just straight up anime backgrounds. Like, I'm not thinking Michelle Fong, but I'm thinking, oh, what's her name? It's a black girl. She's light-skinned. She has freckles. She's thick. She's known for doing, like, all these different cosplay uh, outfits. And she's been doing it for years. I know what you're talking about. But I, you, it, yeah. you see her face. You see wow, her face. Are terrible. What is her like, name? <laughs> we literally know stuff, but we, we never know their name or the the wow. Nope, nope. Just just when you know, you know. We see each yeah, other. We see. But yeah, like she was someone who I remember back in the day was huge into makeup or huge into that whole arena, and it was very and, much an ordeal. Versus, yeah, I just beat my face to leave the house. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what makeup has gone into. It's just like a casual thing. Eyebrow kind of does it, so it's not like as interesting as it is anymore. And like also like the makeup community has grown too. Like there's like literally a million videos now. Like everyone can do basically makeup. It's so um, accessible but, now, for better or worse. Yes, but to go back to Michelle Fong, I, mean, I, I brought her up because like that was the only person who I was looking to at the time. Like I didn't know of like I didn't know Jackie Anna's thing back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't know of any black you know makeup. Um, Guru, so I was following the Asians, I was following the white people, and of course, that didn't turn out too good because I'm dark <laughs> and they're using all types of products. and I was looking very ashy, looking and ashy, <laughs> looking like a ghost. And I was just like, I, I don't know, like, I just didn't know what to do. And I feel like makeup brands don't teach you how to, how to use makeup, granted, like, it, it's, it's not their job. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I kind of want like my brand to be like that for people who want to get into makeup. I want to give them, like, here is like your little like tool guide, you know, with your brows, lashes, boom, boom, boom. Like, I want to, like, I want Warrior Collection to be like that. Just like make a company that teaches you what to do. Like, like a starter like kit. 
It's already kit, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And yeah, I've heard you talk about your brand and things before. And I think, first of all, I'm at awe that, you know, you got the fellowship and even talk talk me through that process. Because like you mentioned earlier, this idea of being boss babes. And to be honest, and I feel like you've seen this as a black girl in media, like PR arena, whenever mm-hmm. people really give that title or like a girl boss, very rarely are they talking about black girls. Very rarely are they talking about the lash girls or the lip gloss girls. It's very much, you know, a specific brand of girl boss that, right. you know, posts millennial pink, quotations and <laughs> not trying to be shady but they post quotes in millennial pink and that's about it and like their blayage that they get done which no shade to them that's their bag but as a black girl who considers herself a boss babe or who is in this kind of movement what is that like for you and like what does how does that empower you or sometimes hinder you from wanting to expand and grow your business i was thinking of being a uh boss babe in this era a black boss babe the triple b okay i want to say there's the outer appearance like an inner appearance to it and the outer appearance can be good or bad so for me luckily i've never been like swayed by the llc people or like like twitter llc oh let's talk about it y'all that's a, that, that's a dangerous that is a dangerous place to be on twitter okay and like, they I'm are sorry. Having people, people are gonna get caught up with fraud years from now and i want twitter to be responsible because they are that's that's my problem okay so everybody my, my, my thing is like these people tell you to start a business what really scares me is when people are like i'd rather make 50k being an entrepreneur than make 100k working nine to five <laughs> no like even though like i'm an entrepreneur i'm still looking for jobs when I graduate, like, okay. I, I want to work for a company. Like, I'm a I, senior. I own a business. And I want a regular paycheck. <laughs> I want it every two weeks with my name on exactly. it. Exactly. The thing is, what people don't tell you about being an entrepreneur, is like, first of all, they don't tell you about, like, how you need to fund yourself first or get the fund somewhere, right? That, that $50 they, you came up with for the LLC is not going to pay for your inventory. <laughs> it's not going to pay for your shipping. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, yes, it's cute. Okay, like, you're official. That's great. But your taxes, like, have you done your taxes for your business? Because that's the thing. Because, like, I didn't, when I got my LLC, right, I think maybe I was like, okay, well, I didn't really know paperwork, right? So I was like, okay, I got my LLC. But I didn't understand that I had to do business taxes. Mm-hmm. And even, so, like, the grant I got from the competition was 10K. I still have to file that as well. You know, that's, like, it's, it's I don't say it's free money, but, like, it comes with some kind of like strings at the same time. You still have to and, report it. You still have to pay taxes mm-hmm. on a lot. Like those quarterly business taxes are no joke. See, like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and that's I the gag. I, so this summer, um, very quickly, I started my candle business, Temperance Candle Company. Yes, I love and that. And thank you. It's crazy. I, I was trying to avoid mentioning it the whole episode. Why? I don't know. But I started this business and I was talking through, you know, the beginnings of it with my mom who has a tax and accounting background. And a lot of people were, it's good and it's bad because yes, but also do you really want your mama doing your taxes? It's it's a whole thing. I really should want it, but we gonna get there. We gonna get there. And I was talking to her about the formation of this business and even just, you know, filing for like a tax ID number. 
and when mm-hmm. to do that as opposed to when to wait and establishing as a sole proprietorship before doing all this other stuff. You know, it's it's LLC is the, the mark you want to get to. But like you said, you have business taxes. When you get a tax ID number, you have to quarterly taxes every four months. That's something that's required once you then these things start to exist. And it's so crazy the way that people will tweet anything, tweet fraud and scams and lies. It, it is. It's, it's, they're really misleading a lot of people. And, that, and that's what it is. Because I remember with my friend, she wanted to start a candle business. By the way, I, I sent her your profile. Um, and she was like, I didn't know it was a lot of work. Because they, you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Say I buy a, a bulk of lashes for a thousand, for $100, right? I resell that. I get $500, 600 right? That money isn't all mine. Because I have to go, I have to go rebuy, probably buy new inventory just yep. to keep up with like new styles. So people don't get bored. Yep. Pay for my website fee. Yep. Pay for that LLC that y'all are still like dying y'all to have. Y'all are pressed for. Yes, like and and then also like pay for brand ambassadors because like well you know you only pay for them but like, when you give them free product that's taking away from your profit as mm-hmm. well and it actually adds up over time and like people don't really like see that and there's a lot of things you got to pay for like equipment i remember i got like my tripods like i'm making um tiktok videos right now i got like new materials so i can have a little mini valentine's day drop so it's like a lot of things like you have to like invest and pay for and i, I heard that people don't start making a real profit or a continuous profit until four to six years later yep because i i don't even know the statistics so i won't misquote it but just this idea of like small businesses fail within the first five years a lot of them and that's not to be a detriment to anyone uh including myself or you but just that's mm-hmm. a reality because this is real like or even when the the tweets that i appreciate and the posts that i appreciate is when i see small business owners that are like look whoever just bought some you just pay for my groceries because it's real like the right even when you get to a place where it's comfortable and i'm not i'm not there by any means by my definition or anybody's yeah. definition but when you get to a place that's comfortable you can appreciate it for the times when it wasn't there mm-hmm. you know and being in a pandemic and starting a small business and i was someone who worked under the table, quote unquote, I was a nanny. So I was getting cash pay. Mm-hmm. I'm now trying to fund myself while unemployed to start the small business. And it's this whole thing. And it's so interesting the way that people will demonize nine to fives because you work for somebody else, but then you don't want to oh, be please. real about what really yeah. happens as an entrepreneur. It's not always peaches and roses. You're not making a bag from day one. You're not. And I know like some people get like, this, I would say lucky and sell out crazy and have all this stuff but at the same time you have to all those costs are still coming in and also i want to talk about like you know the pressures of social media and being an entrepreneur like it's okay i f- i feel like it's okay to have a talent and not want to make money from that talent absolutely because there's a there's like a lot of pressure from that you know i was watching a podcast it was Jesus and Jalof by like Yvonne e- Orji and yes. I, I, the other person I know who you talk. I know, yeah, I know the podcast. So. But but they had said that, and I was like, wow, that's so so true. Because I think in the black community, it's like, oh, you can cut hair, go go start a barber shop. Yep. Oh, you can sew, start making a line. Da da da. I feel like yeah, like people should you know work on their talents, but they don't have to like 
work on it, you basically make a business out of their talents. Sometimes people just like doing stuff for fun, yep. you know? And I feel like once you take your talents and just turn into a business like, all the time, it just kind of like ruins it for you at some point. It's, and you just get bored with it. It's capitalism. And I, I mean, I'm, I can imagine them saying that, but I follow this, um, I don't know how she refers to herself. She calls herself the Nat Bishop, but her name is mm-hmm. Tracy and she runs Nat Ministry on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's a page I recommend to everyone but she's constantly talking about you know capitalism is disease capitalism is what has us in the house in a pandemic talking about some there's no excuses why you shouldn't be operating at 120 percent when we are inside month 10 of a pandemic like mm-hmm. and, and just the way she'll post things daily or not even daily she'll post things when she feels like it which is i love but whenever i see them i take them as a cue to log off and i take them as a cue to you know what I'm going to go sit down somewhere and I don't need to turn this into a hobby and I don't need to turn this into something that's a hustle. I think for black people across the diaspora, it's always got to be a hustle. We always have to have I mean, something here, like, something we there. We are natural hustlers. I just yeah. feel like. We have we, to be, but it's also to our detriment sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not, no, I was just saying, I was agreeing with you. Like, I just feel like, like we're natural hustlers. So like, that's where I come from. But like, we don't have to be like all the time. Yeah. And, and particularly as black women, right? Like, it just can't be a hustle. It's got to be the best hustle you did ever. If you're braiding hair, every photo you take of those braids better be A, one, okay? But I better see every every laid down baby hair. Every hair better be in place. It better be slicked with gel. If you call yourself doing makeup, I better not see a flick of highlight out of place. It's like... Besides, no, no flashback beat to the gods. Oh, so I remember watching the bring up. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw this like this tweet, and it was like we have gone through we have gone through this pandemic, and if you haven't started a business or da 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 something like that, then that lifestyle isn't for you. And I was just like, <laughs> hmm, like people have lost their jobs. People's mental health are at like dangerously low levels. People have lost their families, lost families. their lives. Yes, like. I under I don't know I like I see where it's coming from where it's like you know maybe you're not really an entrepreneur but at the same time it's just like there are other things that are affecting people at the same time and just because they didn't start business during COVID or quarantine doesn't mean that it's, it's not within them like they have probably other things to worry about or maybe and they don't want to and there, that's just that I think there's something to be said about just not having a desire to be that girl and not actually a girl, but like not having a desire to be a boss babe. And I go back and forth and I, the purpose of this episode was to really give space and to talk about it because sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to sell my little candles and whoever buys them, buys them and not worry about, you know, well, am I posting and did I send the right newsletter and are people paying attention? And like you were saying, when it starts to become too much of a struggle, that's when it loses, you lose, you burn out. And to have started something in a pandemic, I would be really interested to know if that person who tweeted that had actually started a business during this pandemic. I know, I want to know too. I'm going to look for it afterwards and and try to find it because... (laughs) It's just crazy, but like, like I, like I enjoy being a boss today because like I like what I do, mm-hmm. and it's not like I. Because let me tell you, there are a million and one girls who sell lashes and lip gloss. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna come here and lie and be like, oh, I'm the first one doing it. I know they're literally like back home. I know so many girls who do the same thing as me, you know. But 
like I don't feel like I have to compete with anybody mm-hmm. because I know why I'm doing it yeah. and I thoroughly in, in, enjoy doing it I love business and it's like what I want to go into once I graduate so for me it's like practice like I feel like I'm practicing doing real life things before I even get into into the world you know so it's just what I, I enjoy doing and I'm gonna keep doing it and if it turns out to be a big moving business okay but like I'm still gonna look for my 95 job at corporate and head over there absolutely if they want to pay you want to hand me a check absolutely no problem I'm never gonna turn it down <laughs> never gonna turn it down and yeah just as someone who is you know looking at post-grad that's crazy looking at post-grad jobs and and thinking about what it is I'm quote-unquote supposed to do mm-hmm. after graduating college in the middle of a pandemic and after starting my own business, a lot of people are looking at me to have that defined. And a lot of people are looking at me to know, right? And this idea of like, yeah, I can say I enjoy being a boss babe. Like you, I actually know I was a weirdo because did y'all ever take those like aptitude tests in school where it was like, you're better in this area or like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Mine always said like so social work or some kind of little science thing and I was like y'all I think I have I feel like I don't say the wisdom but like I because I was thinking about going into those kind of kind of careers because I was thinking like just like the African like parents slash like family like I'm doing fashion but like is it gonna make them it's not making them happy but like I was thinking okay like the fashion industry the fashion career is not reliable and I feel like like now looking at COVID like no career is reliable like I know nurses who don't even have jobs yep like, yep. <laughs> um, even doctors, yep. you know, um, it's like everybody has 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 been um, hit by this. But I'm just like, I would want to do that, but at the same time, it's like it's not my passion. And I feel like you should really go where your your heart calls you, but have a plan. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's the biggest thing a lot of people do not have is a plan or a backup. Like, yes, I want to be fashion. Like, I'm trying to work with you know, cash fashion houses with beauty brands. But if that doesn't work out, I'm gonna take my marketing and business degree and go to Apple and work on the marketing team. Period. Like, so I don't, it's having a backup, but that's a, that's just so important because a lot of people just chase the dream with no plan, and then they don't go anywhere with that. You know, yeah. or you're stuck and you can't necessarily give your all to your dream. That's something I struggle with too. Where this idea of okay, I should be throwing my all into this, but it's like okay, a part of me does want a safety net or part of me is okay. committed to this vision, but also is being quote unquote realistic and is also acknowledging the world around us. But to the yeah. reason I brought up the aptitude test is because I remember taking it and I would always get something like artistic yeah, or something same. creative, but mm-hmm. I would get one, that one quadrant for finance always, always like even going back to middle school or the first time I took one of those types of tests it would be like creative artsy fartsy blah 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 even spiritual type Mm -hmm. stuff and then I'd have that one quadrant for finance and I would never understand and be like what like that doesn't make any sense until I started this business this summer and it all just began to click and I realized that oh a part of what feels natural to me and something that I love is a combination of my creativity and my business, my creativity, my spirituality, and finance and business. And I was able to find that in temperance, but it definitely is a journey. And like, I found this essay I wrote, I think I was 12. I submitted it for an essay writing competition about what kind of club I would start for young girls. And I right. said the business club. And I had completely so, yeah. forgotten about 
like that I had even done that until I had went home during the pandemic and was just going through my stuff and realized, oh, wow, these were steps that I had been taking towards this but you never knew that I never even knew. And I think it's so interesting the way now it's, it's like, okay, you're supposed to know what you want and da, 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 da. And yes, have a plan. As you're saying, I still agree, but a lot of people don't even give themselves to cr- the credit to look at the the seeds they've already watered and to look at this. Ooh. That was a word. <laughs> people don't take the time to look at the seeds they've already watered to see, okay, maybe I don't know fully what it is I want to do, but at this moment, I have this, this, and that that feel good. So let's see what I can do with those things. But then at the same time, I will take my talents to Apple. No problem. Y'all are not. <laughs> Y'all. No, what you just said about the seeds really makes sense because from an early age, oh, actually, even before I was pulling hair bows, my mom was an Avon consultant. Mm. There we go. Oh my God. I have my, don't play with me. Don't play with me. What Why do I have? have my Avon pink DS? <laughs> I wish y'all could see this. But my mother, working for Avon, got me a pink DS. That's a cute one. That's like the... the, the it's like a baby pink. That's yes, like- it was the Avon color. Yes. I'm sorry, you saying Avon made me think of that. I keep it in my desk. <laughs> keep it at my desk. But, like, the reason, like, I'm bringing that up, so, like, my mom was an animal consultant, right? And, you know, like, I, I, don't, I forget how everything works. But basically, they have customers, they buy from them, they would sell or whatever. Yeah. So, I remember my mom used to buy, like, this huge box of, like, the like the body lotions and hand lotions. And I'm pretty sure, I don't, like, I'm pretty sure, like, she never had me go to, like, our little like, African parties and sell them. But I remember I was, like, an adamant seller. I would get the box and be like, oh, it's, it's like, only $1. The, and, like, and, like, people used to know me, like, the, the Avon girl. Yes. So I would sell Avon all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, doing that, I was, like, in first grade, second grade. I was young. And then me selling the hair bows, having my own little business in middle school. Like, that should have told me right there that business is my thing. But instead, you know, you know what I was doing after I said, okay, I don't want to do fashion? I was like, I want to go into law. <laughs> I want I want to do politics. I want to I want to work at the UN and save Africa. I was just Okay, a- wait. Can we talk about how every black girl with that can like articulate her point is told you should be a lawyer? <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what it is because every black girl who has sense, they're like law, debate, <laughs> political well, science. Like, well, the uncles would tell me. They were like, "Oh, I had a dream that you were a lawyer." Yes. Um, oh my god. My- it, it, I was a judge. My uncle Frank would call me a judge up until I, what was it? Last, last Thanksgiving. So not 2020, 2019. I'm a junior in college. This man wanted to tell me, yeah, no, Jerusalem, I can totally see you becoming a judge. I looked him in his eye and said, sir, never in this lifetime will I be a judge. Let it go. Let it go. But continue. Yeah. Um, no, that's the thing, yeah, like, I've been told, like, even, like, because my dad, well, both my parents went to law school in Cameroon, like, like that was, like, their, like, bachelor's or whatever, mm-hmm. and they did that, and, you know, I, I used to think, okay, maybe I would, like, actually fulfill that dream for them, because, like, come in, cause, like some immigrants, like, when they come here, like, they can't really live, like, carry out their dreams they had back home in America, so, like, they had dropped that dream, and I'm thinking, like, I'm a child, I'm going to carry that dream with them, and I feel like God really, really works in mysterious ways, in a sense that, like, my dream school was UNC Chapel Hill, it wasn't NYU, mm-hmm. so crazy, everyone was, like, like, NYU wasn't your dream school, I was, like, I didn't even know what NYU was, NYU was like, not my dream school, <laughs> like, I literally applied on the whim, but anyways, like, I remember, I was, like, okay, I'm going to go to UNC Chapel Hill, 
I'm gonna do law. I'm gonna become a lawyer. Like that's the plan. And I remember I thought I was seeing signs because like I said, I'm from Ohio, right? And I remember like one day there was a lot of like North Carolina, UNC, Tar Heel everywhere. Um, well, I'm actually, I mean, I'm wearing their colors. You right are now. wearing that's that so light blue. That's so funny. Uh, I'm so triggered. Um, but I remember at the mall, like one girl like, that was checking us out. She's like, yeah, like, I, I, like she was talking about how she's from North Carolina. I was like, okay, that's one sign. People were, were wearing like UNC like sweatshirts. I remember the car in front of me had like a little tag on it. I was like, okay, like this is my school. No doubt. God has sealed it. It's delivered. This is what it is. And when I opened that letter, the way that rejection hits different no okay and, then, and at that time i was trying to film like the college reaction to like my <sighs> yo if i have if i had uploaded that video i bet i would have gotten like a million views because i was so heartbroken i really thought that was my school yeah. and when they rejected me honestly it, it was at a good and bad time because it was a day before like my trip like my class trip to europe Mm-hmm. So I was sad, but then I was like, girl, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in my life. So, <laughs> and then I remember once, because I remember I, I was supposed to go to Penn State, and like Loki, I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to do law anymore. Like, I'm going to do what I want. You know, like this school, UNC, I didn't get in. So now I'm just going to do whatever. I remember I, I declared, I was like, I'm going to do fashion. Like, I'm going to stick to this fashion thing. And after I had put down my deposit for Penn State, NYU literally emailed me a couple days later saying like I, I that I had gone off the wait list and into the school. And I was like, okay, I this is how I know like fashion is really like in my destiny because like that like things just don't happen for no reason. Like everything happens for a reason and like a New York City is the hub. Like, yeah, exactly. And like I know like you can you can like not live in New York City and do fashion, but for me, like I just wanted to start at eighteen. Like I wanted right now I'm twenty. So I just wanted to start like fresh and not wait until graduate school or like after I graduated college like I want to get used to the city and also like I feel like I'm like my, my energy fits New York so like because vibe me and her because vibe <laughs> absolutely yeah mine was so when I applied to colleges I originally only wanted to apply to seven but I was able to not I was able I was talked into applying to 10 by my mother and my college counselor <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have a preference like they made us list the schools we wanted to go to and I genuinely was like I don't care like whoever's giving me the biggest bag we're gonna go I, I think I applied to like different majors at all the different schools NYU mm-hmm. was at the very very bottom of my list also because I went to an all-girls Catholic school with no football team no homecoming dances none of that traditional high school stuff oh you wanted that oh girl I was supposed to go to University of Houston I had gotten in it Actually, no, I wanted to go to University of Georgia because my dad or stepdad's from Georgia, but I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, water under the bridge. They don't really accept out-of-state students, not really thinking about it. The next school I think I got into after that was UH, University of Houston. Shout out Lizzo. She went there. And mm-hmm. I was ready to go. I was like, all right, bet. We out. You know, it's Texas. We from Texas. We get rowdy. You know, all that stuff. The Meg was talking. And this is before Meg got big. So imagine, just to pull over, imagine if I had been in Texas when Megan popped off my life would be so different wow you're so different but you know what we we're not even gonna talk about it we're not gonna talk about the past so i got into uh got into political science and i was gonna double major in spanish was an honor college all this stuff and so i'm like yeah bet i'm ready to go i'm doing my googles i find out that they have open carry on college public college campuses i.e you can you can have a strap while just in class 
So I was like, no. Um, yeah, in, uni- in the state of Texas, public universities and colleges have an open carry policy. Like, you can just come toting to into class. class. Yes, ma'am. And <clears throat> me and my oh, black my. ass said, no, ma'am. So <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to UH. And then everywhere else, I genuinely just felt, like, really indifferent. But I started getting really attached to Georgetown because my favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson, went there and... I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Georgetown. I'm going to major in global health and I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an OBGYN. Like, I'm going to just get it. Mm. I remember doing my interview and like the lady really liked me. And I just knew that I was going to get into Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And so they had a pro, like the way they did it is you could apply early action. And if you didn't get in, you'll just go to the regular pool. So I didn't right. get in early action, which I expected, but I was like, all right, bet. Like, we're going to get in that regular. And the same way you said, I saw signs. I would wear my Allen Iverson jersey. Like, oh. I just knew that I was going to get in until I went to my mailbox one day and I saw that thin-ass envelope. I said, oh, wow. Okay. Okay, because you're a senior, right? So, okay, mm-hmm. okay, we're like two years difference. Yeah, everything yeah. for us was like on was online. Are you joking? So, like, everything yeah, like, mostly like I, if you got in like some schools like have the like have the courtesy like send you like a package or like, like a big envelope knowing you you get it right yeah but mostly it was through portals so, like you'd open it up so like, you really did not know oh no uh, no i oh i think nyu is the only school that like gave me a portal um or at least like i found out in the portal before i found when i remember when i think back my parents have all of my acceptance and rejection letters. Like, they were sending big old packages. Oh, yeah, my dad has it in a folder in his office. It's so cute. Um, but they were sending, like, these huge big old packages. And so when I got this thin envelope from Georgetown, I said, Oh. <sighs> no, they said, mm-mm. mm-mm. So I'm like, all right, well, what now? And like you said, it was it's almost uncanny. Because you were at Penn State and mine was Temple. And I literally got into Temple, was on my way to admitted students day with my mom when the day before I got an email saying I got into NYU not thinking nothing of it I'm like all right girl I guess like that ain't got shit to do with me NYU is really expensive I want to come here no how not even thinking about it the next day I get an email from them giving me a full ride like full ride in the honors college all that and okay. my mama look at me. Okay, Miss Scholar. and I, yeah no I, I try not oh, wow. to mention it just Congrats. because I know that NYU is Ooh, the price tag of the school is heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I got this information and I'm still not even pressed. I'm like, all right, girl, whatever. I'm going to Temple. And it was my mother who actually was like, Jerusalem, <laughs> I think we need to, I think we need to think about this and I think we need to talk it through. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be in New York. <laughs> Why, since I was 10 years old and I watched the Double Wears Prada, had I always talked about living in New York City? And then the time came well, and I was like, no, I'm not moving. I'm not going. That's oh, this is another topic. I'm, okay, I feel like we have, we have gone everywhere in this podcast, but it's great, you know. Yes, it's a conversation. Um, That's what we're conversation. here to chit chat. I feel like there are times when, like, we ask God for stuff, mm. or if you don't believe in God, the universe, like, you ask God or you for stuff, but then when they give it to you, you don't want it. Yeah, because the because <laughs> the way so like I got into NYU as a, as a spring admit, so like mm. I, I I didn't get in for the fall semester, and I got and I started January twenty twenty. So I remember prior to like applying for college, I had told I was like I told my family like I want to get gap year, I want to travel, I don't want to go to college right away. But then once NYU gave me that gap that gap semester, I was having a big bust about it. I was like. Ah, 
I don't want to take this cup semester. Like, I'm going to be so behind. But then I thought, like, I sat down. And I, re- I said, wait. This is what you I been, I This is what I asked for. I, I've been screaming about a gap year for so many years. And now God gave it to me, but I'm complaining about it. How many sense. Exactly. I said, no. Yeah, it's really. And I think that even, this is a really interesting place to take the combo. But I still love it because I think that ties into business as well. The idea of temperance was literally placed on my spirit. Like, I have no other way of explaining than the physical name, like, Temperance Candle Company. It came to me like a dream. I don't, I, I that's the only way I can explain it. That's the only way I can articulate it because I was laying in my bed, not even sleep or nothing like that, but, you know, you can just chill in your bed journaling or whatever. And I knew that I wanted to make this candle business and I knew what I wanted my candles to be themed based on because it's tarot and then, like, general spirituality and Afro-spirituality right. now. But at the time, it was mainly grounded in tarot. And I would just journal every day these kind of themes. And then one day, it literally just poof. I said Temperance Candle Company. That's it. That's the name. Wow. I Googled it. Nobody else even came close to it. I said, this is mine. This was, this was given to me for whatever reason. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. But yeah, the, the, the way that we'll get the things we ask for, then look at it like... Exactly. Yeah, we have the audacity. We really got the audacity. That's what it is. It's like, wow, you fixed your lips to ask for something and you actually got it. And now you don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Ooh. Mm. And uh, ooh, I feel like this also goes to connotation. This is really off topic. When, when people are like, oh, I want a boyfriend, da, 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 da. but when you get one, like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with him? Oof. But like, <laughs> I mean, a, a different day, though. A different, a, day. a different day. But I still think that's relevant because even it all goes back to the same idea of like pressure and what is our journey supposed to look like? And as much as we were talking about, you know, people don't talk about the ways that this, this shit is real and like it's hard and it's challenging and it forces you to learn a lot about yourself quickly and all this other stuff. And by that, I'm talking about the business and all the things that we're describing. But also we don't talk about the way that these things happen. And the way that these things are sometimes ordained or brought on mm-hmm. from the universe and whatever you want to call it, because this is just the path that we're on. And the way that our individual journey is so specific to us, that it doesn't matter what somebody else posts on their Instagram, because at the end of the day, I know that I'm going to end up where I need to be, you know? Exactly. Ooh. And that's one thing about Instagram is like, I don't know if this is like all on Instagram, but just like gatekeeping mm. or like not helping people. So like on my um, business TikTok, right? Oh, I don't want TikTok, but like it's a business account. Like on there, like we will have to talk about that, that because business. I don't understand TikTok or business TikTok, but that's an offline. <laughs> but continue. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll help you. Um, one of the things I do in my series is um, I post scholarships, grants, or funds that I see that people can apply to, mm-hmm. and then like you know win, and like that money can either help fund your education or like your business. Mm-hmm. And you know I've done like three videos so far, and I enjoy doing that because you know like I, I, I see these things, and like I didn't realize until people were commenting on that video, like it's so hard to find business grants and scholarships, or you just even apply to them in general. Like I was unaware, and like. Why should I gatekeep something like that, that information? Yeah. You know, like I can help people at the same time while still like holding my like while still holding the important things to me. Like when I say that, like I, I can help people find you know these scholarships while not 
exposing my like whole like who I buy my stuff from and stuff like that. Like well, I still keep the money. There's to room me. for everyone. There is room for everyone, and that's what I believe. And I'm a person like like there is room for everybody. That's what I believe, right? But at the same time, like you kind of have to work in your room as well. Mm-hmm. Like what I don't, I can, so, from, so when I want to make these videos, right? I literally have the web page, the link, and everything. Plus, like I made like a Google Sheets with the. With the I saw that on Instagram. Link. I do have that. Yes, yes ma'am. With, with Thank the, you. With the link when it's due and problem and like everything like that, and people to ask me to copy and paste it into the chat, like into the comments. I'm just like, huh? Or they're like, can you? Like I, I found people like who like email me. And they asked me, or DM me, and asked me to, like, send them the link. Like, y'all, like, I, I, I literally placed it in your hands. I'm, if you I'm don't screenshot confused. and type that into your browser, I'm... Or just click the link in the bio, and everything is pulled up for you. <laughs> and also another thing, too, is, like, being an entrepreneur, right? You have to, like, understand that, like, not everyone is, is going to give you everything. Especially, I'm going to say lashes, because, like, this is, like, like, my field. So, like, there are a thousand vendors, literally... From Alibaba, from Alibaba, Amazon, AliExpress, right? It's, like, your job to look for those vendors, right? Because, like, everyone is different, really. Like, there are a lot of different vendors with different qualities, different yeah. styles, different prices and whatnot, and they do different things. So the thing is, like, I can't give you that. Like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I can't give you that list. Like, I feel like I'm giving you my business. Yeah. Like, I can, like, I can direct you where to go, but, like, I can't, like, I can't spoon feed you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's another thing about business too that people have to understand. It's like, yes, there's just, there's space for everybody, but like we're also kind of competing. If you're in the same market, like we're not, we're kind of competing for the same customers. And like cosmetic, like lashes and the plus is like really oversaturated. Yeah. So like, like you have to be different, you know, to, to kind of stand out. And like you can't expect people to like spoon fed you information. Like I, I believe in helping. But at the same time, like, you got to research your own stuff. And also, I feel like when you research, like, you're, like, more better prepared about different things. Like, I remember when I was doing this, like, I didn't, like, nobody I knew so lashes. So, I, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, yes. like, reading through articles. I yes. was just, like, on my stuff. And, like, if y'all, like, if, ever, and if anyone ever needs help, and, like, when people were doing it, like, I will help them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just can't be giving y'all, like, the... The, the secret ingredients. Right, you, know? you can't like give them stuff. the Krabby Patty. You can't give them the I, I was about to say the Patty formula. I was about to say that, but I was like, I don't want corny on <laughs> Yeah, no, you can't give them, and it's funny because I don't even watch Spongebob, but I know that. You can't give them the Krabby Patty formula, and I absolutely agree, and I watch the same thing, right? When I was first making candles, I binge, and to this day, to this day, I still watch day. candle YouTubers because, first of all, amazing. It's one of the most relaxing things you'll ever watch but also watching so many and just absorbing all this information and one of them Jeff Stanley uh, had a video where he was talking about what to do since everyone is starting a candle business because in the pandemic I don't know if you noticed but everybody started one because you can make I don't want to say everybody but a lot of people everyone had a business like literally as soon as we like locked down in March I would say because at that time not to throw some shade at NYU, but they have closed the dorms yeah. after we had left. Yeah. Because I remember, the, basically, email was like, okay, go home, and you, you guys will be back in two weeks. Yep. And literally, once once everyone went back home, they said, you can't come back here. 
<laughs> you can't come back. The dorms are closed. You have like until the weekend to figure your stuff out. Yep. So I remember like my business and everything was sitting in my dorm, and I was just home from March to June with, without like I couldn't sell lashes. I wow. wasn't doing anything, but like I had used the time to like you know kind of like rebrand and work out some stuff. And like that, that, that's also how I got into the competition. But while I was just like dormant in my business, it was like stagnant. My friends were like doing their own businesses too. And I remember feeling the type of way, not because like they were starting their own business, but I felt like behind. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone is literally making a lash business before. Like it was just, it wasn't just me, but like I was the only one I I knew of who was doing it, yeah. right? And like everyone else popped up with their own businesses. And I was like, oh my goodness, I was first and not after the last. But like, and I realized like it's not a competition. Like yeah. it never is, you know, because like yeah. I have, like literally everyone has their own path to everything and what works for a won't work for me for, yeah. for her you know it's like yeah. different routes also to be honest and and like he says this in the video it's gonna dwindle out naturally like it's, it's just naturally gonna thin out and not in a again a like oh i hope people don't make it but just to the statistic we were talking about at the top of the show mm-hmm. things ha- fail life happens it's still a pandemic right. people might have started a business in a pandemic and then whatever life looks like quote unquote post or whatever looks like a year from now, life looks like a year from now, they might not be able to sustain it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And like he was talking particularly about candles and how he sells wholesale candles to like a shop and the shop owner, I guess had told him, Oh, well, you know, I I was online and I was looking and I think I'm going to start making candles. He was like, Oh, okay. And in the video, he says, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset because guess what? She ain't ended up making those candles because she realized that, it's a process and she realized just how difficult and intensive it is. And that was something that I'm feel fortunate that when it comes to other candle businesses, I I can't even think about like competition. My brain isn't even working that way. My brain is constantly Mm -hmm. like, okay, but how do I get like that? How do I, how do I improve? How do I like build? Cause there are so many and it's a blessing and obviously a curse in some ways, but there are just so many candle businesses, black owned candle businesses, black women owned. Like I literally follow a, a Instagram called candle makers of color. And every day they're posting stuff. Oh, yes, it's excellent. I'm always looking at pages, always buying people's stuff. It's great. But rather than feeling like, but like you were saying, still feeling behind because I just started. Mm -hmm. But then taking that and being like, all right, well, this is just motivation because I want to be there. I want to be the one that has however many thousands on their followers or Mm -hmm. have a business TikTok when I finally figure out how that works. (laughs) They just become goals in a different way. But yeah, it's definitely it'll thin out and you realize that, okay, they might've started it now or they might be doing it now, but will it continue? And like you said, everybody has their own path anyway. So at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it doesn't really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, obviously, unless somebody playing with your money, which a problem, <laughs> but no. it doesn't matter because your business and your path is still yours and it's going to become and develop into what it's meant to. Right. At least that's what I like. And I, I really like how you said like two things, how like the word process, mm, you yeah. know, like when I think of process, it's like a bunch of th- different things that come together. It's kind of like a circle, maybe like or like a hill, just like yeah. all over the place. But at some point, like you're gonna get where you need to be. And I feel like with being an entrepreneur or a boss babe, people put this thing in your head that it's like a linear path, like it's yeah. straight. It yep. is straight to the money. Like they don't talk about anything in between half the time. And also, the, when you mentioned how like you look at the businesses and if your mindset is like. How can I learn from that? Like, that's such an important thing to have. I think it's an important and beautiful thing to have because, like, naturally, like, like you're not focused on competing. I don't know. I feel like it's good to be naturally competitive, but to the point where it's just, like, 
I don't use the word toxic because I, I, I we don't like that word, but just like where it like it hinders your ability. It's, to, it can like, be harmful. It's very harmful. And like, cause, like on my this account, like, like I follow other lash businesses and other entrepreneurs because I'm just like, like what can I learn from them? Like what are mm-hmm. they doing different? And that's the thing. Sorry, all these points. As you should. That you're I, you're being interviewed, ma'am. <laughs> that I, the third thing that like I um want to talk about or that I learned is just that you have to have a, a real conversation with yourself as a business owner and talk about your strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. And um, NYU, there's this, they have like a lab. It's like for like entrepreneurs. Um, I don't really qualify because I'm not like a startup. I'm a small business. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But one of the things that I learned from them and one of like my um, fellowship meetings is that you need a team. And like as a small business owner, like I'm thinking like, okay, I can do everything by myself, right? Yeah. I can make content calendar. I can make content. I can make the product. I can be the, what's it called? A financial person. And I can do all this stuff. But then at some point I have to realize like, it's going to become a lot. And I'm going to need like a, a, another mind with me to like help me out. I remember I was taking this Adobe creative test. It's really interesting. It was talking about, like what kind of creative you are. Mm. And I think for mine, I think it's like the right, the exact wording but it's like I'm more of like a safe creative like mm. like I do what I'm used to and like I need somebody who's more adventurous and out there in the thinking to like express like to work together really well and like having a team is like really good because they're gonna like pick up the stuff you lack in because like yes like I want to be like a Jackie of all trades and do everything but girl like I'm like I have not taken a math class since in a year okay so these taxes even though I have a little afterward ever like I don't really know what I'm doing and then also like marketing i think like like a marketing are pretty good with that but like making content like because like hard I usually, hard difficult it's hard because like i make content for um niche college like i wanted their yeah actually for content creators right and i literally like just coming up because like i can have an idea right like we use like tiktok sounds or whatever and dances and like learning that is a thing like just put all these pieces together and whatnot. Cause like I typically film in bulk. So, like I, I just think that feel like one day to film everything and like that can be stressful as well. And imagine for a small business where you have to run an Instagram and a TikTok, like, and those are like two different platforms. So like you, you can't always use your videos from TikTok and post on Instagram as everything. Like I need some pictures and stuff and it's like a whole ordeal. So yeah, it just, I think it's all about just say like, at some point you're going to need to bring on somebody with you but, and I hate to say it, but I feel like it just can't be a friend. Or, you, or either if it's a friend, they're not your bestie, unless, like, they're really into it, too. Because, I, like, what I said earlier with friends in business, how your friend acts in a business setting versus, like, when you're just talking can be, can be two different people. And, like, I would hate for someone to, like, lose a friend because of business. Because I remember my mentor. She's one of the co-founders of her campus. And um, she was talking about how... When she first started doing things, right, she had uh, she had her best friend work with her, and there was this I think um, like panel or something for like a beauty brand and then like a party in the same day, and so my mentor thinking about like okay should I go to the panel or to like activity, and her friend was like oh like we shouldn't go to that to that panel because it'd be boring like like let's go and have fun isn't like that and like that's not good advice to be giving you know but it's your friend at the same time mm-hmm. so that's just my little spiel on it all yeah no I, I think it's definitely everything you said I agree to everything you said just because it's hard and 
for me personally, like I was saying with my mom in taxes, it's not because I don't think she's capable, but it's because this is my baby. And this is, you know, the the thing that I have grown and I'm continuing to grow and still getting to know. Like I, I fully refer to my business in like the, that is my child. Like we're still mm-hmm. getting to know each other. I'm still nurturing okay. her, still feeding her, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard to relinquish some of that when you're bringing on other people, but it's something that I know I'm going to have to do. Like I think about myself yeah. realistically. I can come up with the content calendar but if I don't sit down and make it if I don't right. have someone who's like oh yeah you have to make that content but then also don't forget to buy your things that's something I'm always always forgetting to do I will write a long to-do list and mm-hmm. finish some of it but the parts that I don't get to I'll beat myself up about whereas if I just asked for help or opened my mouth you know right. I could I could develop a team or develop relationships with people who would be able to help me in that way. And it's definitely a journey and a process for sure. But I think that's the key of being a boss babe or, or entrepreneur, as you say, knowing when, like having to make those decisions for yourself and then knowing when to execute it and how to execute it. Right. I think one of the key signs to know when to like start getting a team is like once you like finalized what your business is. Yeah. Cause like if you, cause like, like I'm the CEO, right? And if I go in not knowing what like where your rank is, and I have people telling me all this kind of stuff, like the direction of the company or the brand will just go like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I have to really like solidify what where your rank collection is, have it like marked on paper, and then after that, I need to bring on people that can help me like make this 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 dream happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it all starts with you and the work that you're doing on your own. And it already sounds so amazing. And it, this has just been. If y'all didn't already know, I think Imada is brilliant. <laughs> and I think I it is amazing. And like, no tea, no shade. You're the only non-senior, I think, that went to NYU that followed me. Or I was like, I think I'll follow her back. <laughs> I, went, I don't even know how I found your account, for real. I really don't. But I, I remember you followed me and I was like, oh, I think she goes to NYU. I never seen her before. <laughs> And it just it just blossomed into a beautiful friendship from there. Um, thank and thank you so much for doing this interview with me. And how can people yeah, find you fun. and keep up with you? We've heard about your TikToks and your things. I need names. I'm going to add all that at information into the descriptions of this. But promote yourself. This is yours. Okay. Uh, I'm so bad promoting. But basically, if you want to follow me on Instagram, at my style page, it's exclusively Amada. So exclusively dot E-M-A-D-E. My business account is at Royal Wink. Um, I think so. Yeah, at Royal Wink. There we go. <laughs> my TikTok is the same thing. Wait, hold on. What's my Instagram? I think it's either at Royal Wink or at Royal Wink Collection. I don't really I know. I think y'all. it's so at sorry. Royal Wink Collection. Either way, we'll have yeah, it. it. I'll is. have it included. That's embarrassing. <laughs> no, it's you. My friend misspelled her name, so she was like, "Yeah, you can follow me at," and then misspelled it. It was great. So don't even worry about it. Um, those are really like the platforms that are on. I have a a sad a sad youtube channel it's exclusive it's the same thing as my instagram so exclusively um i'm gonna try and do better but it's just forewarning i literally post a video one video every single year so yeah that's about it but literally like my my instagram and my tiktok my my personal instagram and my tiktok that's where i really spend most of my time at so the people can find you on instagram and on tiktok and here with this episode yes i'm here Thank you so much um, for speaking with me today, Imada. I, again, I think you're amazing, and I'm so excited to oh, see. Thank you. Thank you it's crazy me. that you're younger. It's crazy that you're younger than me because, like, you still have so much to do and to grow. And like, I'm 
by the time you graduate, you're going to be unstoppable. And I just cannot wait. Girl, I pray that this little down payment that I have for this school, the school, the debt that I have is going to be worth it. Because, it is. Oh, it is. Because it's, it's, it's already done. It's already worth it. It's already worth it. And I'm saying this to you personally. Like, I can tell. Mm. I can tell. It's, yeah, it's and, coming. That's both of us. That's both uh, of us. Like, we're, we're on the come up. We're on the come up. Okay. We like, are. We they are. don't know what's gonna happen. Let me let, let me claim it for the both of us. Yes, we are on the come up. And the next time you hear the both of us, you know it'll be pseudo millennial, all these other things popping, and mm-hmm. y'all heard it here first. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for joining me, Imada, and make sure you all are following pseudo dot millennial on Instagram as well as Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, where you can get your podcasts. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.